for us as a church family. Um, uh, we achieved a considerable amount, really, as a church together. Um, there was, of course, and I start with this, a little trip to Kenya that a group of people did to support the work of Becky and Hannah Murray um, and all that they're doing amongst the Maasai community. And um, I know that that trip was life-changing for those who went on it. And um, uh, we uh, enjoyed the feedback from that. There's ongoing conversations following that. And there'll be another trip out going out this October. Um, don't miss out on that if you uh, want to be part of that. This year we took a decision to partner with a church in Mozambique when Bishop Mark and his wife Helen came to speak with us. And uh, the visit is still being planned. We're so grateful for Sheena Burrell who works tirelessly, actually, on our behalf. Sheena um, is often not here amongst us as a church family, but she is um, working uh, across the churches in the London Diocese, trying to build links with churches here and churches in Mozambique um, uh, through uh, different projects and doing a terrific job, actually. And I uh, feel incredibly privileged to consider that she's on the staff here and doing that. And doing um, a, a terrific job helping, helping churches to look outward and support those um, in really difficult places. And uh, Sheena's organizing a trip, which I hope will be happening in 2012 uh, as we go to begin to partner with a church out there. Um, we've spoken at conferences in Eastbourne and Letchworth and Ballybean and Sligo in Ireland, Scargill House in Yorkshire, as well as different churches um, up and down the country. I, won't list all the churches, but you know, as, as a church family here, we've gone out to support and encourage ministries in other churches. Barry uh, Hingston this last year has been uh, doing a massive amount for a church down in, in Chiswick, actually, going down on a fairly semi, semi-regular basis, supporting them through their interregnum. He's been uh, working in St. Thomas's. Um, just around the corner, supporting them in their interregnum. There's stuff that goes on each and every week as we as a church look to support churches around us. We saw 26 people come through Alpha and um, come to faith, which is really exciting. Uh, 54 people have attended the marriage and parenting courses um, uh, and marriage prep classes. We've had 51 families uh, have been helped through the Beesham Furniture Deliveries We've co- uh, completed eight significant Beeson projects uh, throughout the year where we've helped individuals and we delivered 22 hampers to clients. Um, 35 people have begun the journey out of debt through CAP. I think that's really significant. So it's 35 families who have got to the place where they've hit rock bottom and through the ministry that's been supported very significantly by this church and run... Uh, through uh, ASNIF here, Um, we've seen 35 families start that journey out of debt in 2011. Um, Our language school um, has had 108 students in it this year. Um, uh, They are those who've moved to this country who aren't able to speak English, and uh, through the incredible work that uh, Stefan Anstis and um, uh, the team uh, they do, Yurik and others, the team that, that run that, do a significant uh, ministry reaching out to those who, who otherwise find themselves in a difficult place, not able to communicate, and uh, we've seen 108 students come uh, through that. 
22 prisoners in Wormwood Scrubs now engage in weekly Bible studies through the work of uh, Ray Elliott and the teams that go into Wormwood Scrubs prison. 60 inmates have been taken through the Alpha course. Isn't that terrific? 60 inmates in Wormwood Scrubs through in 2011 have been taken through the Alpha course. Uh, and that's been headed up by Ray uh, from our church. Um, also, 60 other inmates have done the restorative justice course, the sycamore tree course. That is the course that helps them to think through what they've done and come face to face with somebody that they have done it to. Now, it might not be the exact person, but it'll be someone who's been burgled or raped or whatever it might be, and they come face to face to help them to learn to live a new life. 60 guys have gone through that. I think that is a terrific result. And 103 prisoners' families were helped at Christmas through gifts uh, that we helped uh, deliver to their uh, homes. Um, uh, 38 members of St. Paul's during this last year have moved away, gone to uh, different fields. We've seen 146 people join the church in 2011, which I think is a really encouraging uh, number. This last year, working alongside other churches, we've helped staff Choices Pregnancy Centre and the Ealing Soup Kitchen. We've helped host and run the New Wine Summer Conferences. Lindsay and I have helped uh, host a family time conference. Um, I've hosted a number of round tables for church leaders um, across the country where we gather 25 church leaders together for a day to begin conversations about what it means to lead a church that has growth at the heart of it. We hosted and ran a church leaders conference um, uh, here in the ECC, borrowing um, our neighbor's church, uh, and we have 400 uh, leaders turn up to that um, uh, uh, here in Ealing uh, in the summer. We said goodbye to Tim Sayet, who went to work alongside J. John as an itinerant evangelist and who is loving his new role. Uh, we said goodbye to Owen Heaslip, who left to serve a curacy in a church in Worcester and is very much enjoying his new role. Barry and Jill considered a move at the end of their term here, but after an invitation from the St. Paul's PCC, decided to stay with us for another couple of years, and for this I'm extremely grateful. Thank you to you, Barry and Jill. Uh, In the summer, we saw... Uh, Mark and Laura Tate join us through a very exciting sequence of events and they've added something really significant to the staff team. Um, Extending the work that Mark and Rachel Bedford really uh, begun here and uh, are now reaching out to young young adults in a way that we haven't for a long time and they're bringing a real energy and excitement to that area uh, of church life. Chris and Nell Fox have joined us and they've brought a huge amount to our uh, um, of church experience and a huge amount to our church, and we are love having them. Uh, we love having them on the staff team. We saw the launch of a theological hub, and we have uh, 13 students. I think it is under the direction of Nicola Holden, who's our hub director. And uh, we're hoping that we're going to find ways of growing this for this coming September. Alongside this, we've run some men's conferences. We had a gentle weekend stroll, the men together in Dorset. Um, we had a, we've had women's outreach events, women's breakfasts, uh, women's days. We've seen great and small grow from its early beginnings 
um, of ideas that um, uh, Alison and uh, uh, Simon put to us and um, Alison Moore and Simon Perry put to us and now we're seeing uh, 250 people coming through on a fortnightly basis on a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock. It is incredible uh, as people pour in from the local community and um, uh, a real significant opportunity for us to build bridges with those in the community. We've run our first Dad's Big Breakfast. Looking forward to some more of those this coming year. Our Christmas services were well attended. We had over 900 coming through our carol services, 600 attending on Christmas Day. Midnight was up. I know that it was totally illegal on Christmas Day. And Ray says he gave up with the health and safety rules uh, after a few minutes. Uh, he, he said it, it would have been right, except we did light the candles as well. So that was quite fun, really, that he was so worried. Midnight was up in numbers, and even in this new year, it feels as though uh, we are up in numbers as a church. A quick calculation on the very conservative side of things tells us that this past year, we as a church have either seen here at St. Paul's or events that we are involved in leading, 52,000 people uh, come through something of the ministry here uh, as a church. And that doesn't include events that... uh, Lindsay or I or other staff members go out to speak at um, in other places. Um, So I think as a church, we're quite punching above our weight, really. I think we're doing quite a significant amount. Um, Lindsay acts as a trustee for Toy Box, um, a charity that rescues street children. I act as a trustee for Tear Fund, um, an aid agency that works through the local church trying to end poverty uh, around the world. And, And... On your behalf, we represent you to a wider audience to see justice done um, in this world, working to change the lives of some of the poorest of the poor. That's a really quick snapshot. There are loads of other stories that we could tell you of marriages saved, of of broken people picked up and finding a home. Um, Someone said to me uh, a little while ago, uh, they said, since joining St. Paul's, they said, I I didn't realize I could have so many friends in my life. And I thought, that's a great thing, you know. That's community. That's what we stand for. That's what this evening is about. That's what I hope we share with others. Last night, we had um, the opportunity as a staff. We gathered together. We We did this last night as well. As a staff, we did it at our house because we could fit into our house and we just get the staff team around. And we had a friend of ours who come over from Cape Town. I'm going away tomorrow on an international leaders uh, thing with the leaders of new wine from around the world who've gathered together from New Zealand and Australia and um, Scotland and Finland and Sweden and uh, South Africa. And the, the South African leader came over last night and he came to our home and he just we gathered together with us, the staff team, and shared with us. And we went around telling stories of what God has been doing in our lives. And uh, it was really encouraging, you know. And I haven't written any of that sort of stuff here. But there have been lives changed in this last year because of the ministry of uh, St. Paul's Church. So before we go on to look at anything else that we're doing, in this next year, I'd love us to give glory to God. Is that all right? So if the worship team could come on up, if you can manage to stand where you are, 
you can sit down again in a minute and find your drinks. But let's stand together and let's give glory to God just for a few minutes. Thank you. I want to give you all the glory and all the honor for all that has been achieved in 2011. We want to thank you for inviting us into the journey of this last year. We want to thank you for every life saved, every tummy that's been fed, every child that's been rescued, every uh, life that's been changed, every marriage that's been built up, every relationship that has started. Lord, for all of that's happened in this last year, we thank you. We thank you for what has happened here and what has happened abroad. And we thank you, Lord, that you invite us into this worldwide story of the extension of your kingdom. And we pray, continue to lead us on, Lord. And may the glory always and only ever be given to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do please be seated. It is great, isn't it? We've got these songs coming out now that, that, that are being written by our worship leaders. I like that first one, the Lekai is written. And, and we sang one the other Sunday. It was, um, I couldn't tell you what it's called and I couldn't tell you how it goes. But I said to John afterwards, I said, I said, that is a really great song. Where do you get that? He said, I wrote it. I thought, that's really great. So we got, that's why they're doing an album later this year. Uh, next month, I think, they're doing an album, and, and that'll be great, and it's coming out uh, for all of us to enjoy. So we, we saw quite a lot happen through 2011 with us, the church family. It was a very good year. Um, and, and this evening, we're not doing any of the business stuff. The business stuff will happen at the AGM. The AGM is the meeting that none of you come to. That's the AGM. The AGM is the meeting that nobody really turns up at. I think we reached the dizzy heights of 40 last year. So uh, um, we would love it if you did come. Um, uh, but the AGM is where we do the business as a church. And we look back on the accounts and we do that sort of thing. It's a very important meeting. But um, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a meeting where we, we, we do the admin together. But tonight... We're thinking about what God is calling us to in this next year. And there is more to do, more to achieve, and a nation to be won. There are lives to be changed. If we're going to make a difference for the king and his kingdom, then I think that this year God is going to stretch us. Um, I believe that he's calling us onto an adventure, and he wants to be pushing us out in all directions through two, during 2012. I want you to watch a little clip now. This is a clip of a movie that you all know. It's Forrest Gump. And um, I've got no idea why, but I sat down to pray about, Lord, what have you got for us in 2012? And I'm sitting down, and um, uh, this scene came to mind, and I thought, well, what... <laughs> What's that got to do with it, Lord? And then I looked at the scene and uh, I thought, okay, maybe this is from God. And I've told the cluster leaders about it and spoken to the staff about it and shared with the church wardens. And, and um, uh, I, I want to show you this. This is, uh, if, this is the scene where Forrest Gump, he's served in the army. Um, he's um, become the table tennis champion and done all sorts of things. 
He's recently been demobbed. He's demob happy, and he's invested in a shrimp boat, which he promised a friend he would do, a dying friend that he would do when he got out of the army. He has got no knowledge of shrimping, and with his first, his friend and first mate, they are now trying to catch shrimp together. This is five minutes long, but if we can put the lights out, enjoy this for five minutes. Now, the key thing is this. God spoke to me through that, and this is what he said. The boat that survived, the boat that made the catch, the boat that brought in the harvest, was the boat that was doing what it was designed to do. It was fishing. Every other boat remained in the harbour. Every other boat sought safety. Every other boat um, uh, uh, stayed at home. But this one went out. This one went to catch shrimp. And I believe with all my heart that God is calling us as a church this year to go out and do some catching. He's calling us as a church to be even more outward looking than we are. To find different ways to reach out with the good news of Christ. What is it that God has called us to do? He's called us to win people for Christ to bring justice in this world, to help the poor, and to grow the kingdom. That's the big picture. Bono says this, When the story of these times gets written, we want to say that we did all we could, and it was more than anyone could have imagined. We did all we could, and we actually achieved more than anyone could ever have imagined. Jesus said this, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these disciples to obey all my commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Friends, we're called to change a nation. And we're sent with confidence in the gospel. We're challenged to live by faith and to do more, achieve more than we think we can because God is on our side. Because for some reason, the Lord will blow the wind of the Spirit in the sails of the boat or in the sails of the church that is out there doing what it's called to do. If you're in the harbor, he can't fill the sails of wind. But if you'll go out, he will. And I certainly want to be leading a church that has the wind of the Spirit blowing us forward. You see, we could stop at doing what we do now, and we do a significant amount. We achieve a lot. Um, uh, As a church, we're considered to be a fairly reasonable church, I should think. But I don't think God wants us to settle. I think God wants us to live a little bit more dangerously. And I want to build, uh, present three key areas uh, this evening. The first is this. I want us to build here. You know, uh, one of the things about uh, reaching out is that, is that the, the, the more you build what you've got, the more you're actually able to do. If you just go out and don't build what you've got, then actually we become very weak at our hearts. We've got to build here what God has given us. I'd like us as a church in this next year 
to invest in uh, two interns from September onwards. We, over the last few years, we've had one intern each year that have been with us. Um, we had Adam in 2011, and um, he dropped straight out of heaven. And then another church saw what he did with children's work, and they went, oh, he come work for us. So we lost Adam off to another church, and, and he's gone to be a children's pastor in uh, South Africa. In fact, I think he's gone. He was, only, he was still here last week. I, has he actually gone now? Is he flown off? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone at last. He's gone. <laughs> and God provided us with Becky, Becky Groves, who's turned out already to be such a valuable member of our staff team and helps us to maximize our output. With the amount that Simon Parry is doing with the children's work, with our intention and with the stories that are now coming of the growth in the youth work, I'd like to think that we can have two Becky Groves come September. A young person who's serving an intern here not only brings their own energy and creativity, but, but provides for us a, um, a, another team member to help us achieve all that we can achieve. Uh, each intern costs us about £6,000 a year if we include housing and pocket money. I think it's great value for us. I actually also think it's great blessing for the interns. I think they get to learn more here uh, than in many different places. And we're still friends with lots of people who've been interns here in the past. And uh, if we told you their stories, they're all serving somewhere. They're all still serving the Lord somewhere. And uh, it's great to hear their stories. I'd like us to invest in this next generation, and investing in this next generation is really important. Uh, we're going to be giving more of our time to Twyford School. Um, the opportunity has been given to us to begin to um, uh, head up the Twyford Fellowship Group. In the past, it's been a really terrific ministry, that, working alongside uh, the young people in uh, Twyford School. And Richard Turner and Mark Tate and Becky Groves are now going in to the school on a regular weekly basis and they're going to be investing more time in there over the coming months, um, uh, increasing our connection with some of those young people. We, we, it is terrific. It's a terrific school. It's just a phenomenally good school. This area is littered with good schools, actually. Every school is a good school. The thing about Twyford is it's a church school and uh, you have to get a church reference to get in there. Um, but if you probably did an analysis of those who still go to church when they get there, it plummets. And that means that the children in that school have got all the pieces in the box of the puzzle, but they perhaps haven't put the puzzle together. And I'd like us to invest in going in and helping put that puzzle together with them. Uh, the PCC's agreed an initial budget of £500 towards this. And we're looking forward to seeing what God is going to do with us there. Do pray for these guys as they build bridges and make relationships there. We're continuing to find new and creative ways of worship in the evening service, particularly, and numbers over these last few months have crept back up again. We're about 140 attending each evening, except if it's got snow outside and then numbers go down. Um, not as low as the 8 o'clock, but they do go down. Um, and... Um, uh, with the focus that Mark and Laura Tate and Chris Fox particularly are putting onto that service, um, uh, and, and many of our young, adult, uh, young adults, we're again excited to see what God might do 
uh, with us there. And we're going to be investing in a guest speaker uh, once a month to come in the evening, particularly to come in the evening. It's quite difficult to get guest speakers to come in the mornings because normally they're in their own services. I, I, I probably get invitations to go and be guest speaker somewhere. Um, I could probably spend my whole time traveling to other churches as a guest speaker. People want me to go and speak, which is an extraordinary thing, really. But I go along and speak. But actually, don't want to speak there in the morning. I want to be here in the morning. So I only say yes twice in the morning throughout the year. One of those is coming up. I'm going to a church in Richmond. But um, that, that, so it's quite difficult to get guest speakers for the morning. But we can get them for the evening because there aren't that many churches that have evening services. And so I always say to uh, church leaders, if they're only doing a morning service, I say, you're only doing half a job. You know, you've got to come back. So we'll, we'll employ them in the evening and get them here and they can come and, and uh, encourage us. So we're going to be investing in that. Uh, and and um, already uh, a varied range of different evenings uh, is going to be offered uh, where we offer both the worship of God and we're offering community activities. So we're working towards June, but we're investing in the evening service. And the evening service is going to be a place where we are going to be uh, unashamedly searching for and hungry for the presence of God uh, in worship and ministry. But it's also going to be a place of community. So uh, the guys have got some plans coming together and talking about perhaps doing some summer nights, you know, in June. Uh, where you do come to the service and then stay on afterwards and there's a barbecue afterwards and maybe, I don't know, a jazz band and we'll do a series of different evenings that go on throughout the, uh, the, the, the Sunday evening. So there's going to be, don't just come and meet with God, come and meet with one another. I think sometimes it's quite hard to meet other people, isn't it? But over food, we do that, don't we? That's why we like food here. Over food, we do meet one another and it's a really important uh, place of community. And so we'll be investing in that uh, in our evening services. We're also hoping to build the evening ministry team using the young people. So empowering them and giving them more ownership of uh, what we're uh, doing in the evening services. Uh, and this year we're hoping to invest some more in the marketing and promotion some of the courses and opportunities that we have for, connect, uh, for connecting that we run. So we'd like to invest uh, and do a big push for Alpha uh, this coming September. Uh, we'd like to put some more marketing and push behind family time and great and small and fusion and breakout and church events. And of course, we've got the Queen's Jubilee coming up. I, I, I think it's terrific. I, I, I look, I don't actually go to it very often, but I look at the great and small stuff that happens here on, on a, every other Wednesday. And I think 250 people in church on a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock that's amazing. What would it take to get 500? Let's not stop there. Let's not, we could stop. We could go, oh, it's comfortable here. Let's not stop there. Alison Moore's now having a fit. But let, you know, let's look at where we can go from here. Let's look at what God is calling us to next. Let's put ourselves in the place where we can gather as much potential as we can for putting the net out and drawing the fish in. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're here for. The church is designed to be the boat that goes out fishing. Jesus uses that illustration. This is what we're to do. And so we've got to find ways of 
getting our satellite navigation in place and finding where the fish are, putting ourselves over it and dropping the nets down and going, come on in. And I'd like us to put some marketing uh, behind that. We'd also like to promote life groups even more. Phil, could you come on up? I'm looking for Phil. George, here he is. Um, uh, these are such an important part of the life of the church family. And I'd like Phil just to speak for a few minutes to us and uh, encourage us in this. Not everybody in the room tonight, not, not, not everybody here will be in a life group. Maybe with the people around the table you're with tonight, you might join one. Phil. Yeah, this one is... Thank you. Well, good evening. Maybe three minutes, Max, that'll be. Um, life groups. So why are life groups so important to St. Paul's? Well, building church and building community uh, is not just a Sunday occupation, is it? Um, any church, I think, that's serious about individual growth or church growth uh, will invest in such groups. And St. Paul's is no different. Uh, in 2011, we saw life groups grow to 26 in total, which was fantastic. I guess they meet on average three times a month. Uh, maybe if you're in a life group, you could just stick your hand up now. Let's just have a look to see how many. That's quite a large number if you look around. That's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so if you're here tonight on a table where uh, you're not in a life group, why don't you have a chat with those around you and get yourself into one? Um, so I reckon that's probably over 300 adults of St. Paul's. I'm not sure what that is as a percentage of the whole mark. I guess you would know. But that, that's quite a lot of people, and that's encouraging. We'd love to see more. Why are they important? Well, where else can you get to meet 12 people on a regular basis with whom you can build friendships, spend time over a meal? As Mark said, food's very important here at St. Paul's. You can wrestle with life's issues. You can discover what the Bible teaches us and just generally get discipled together. Be in a safe place to ask awkward questions or really silly questions. Learn from each other's experiences and have fun. And, and importantly, pray for one another and support one another. Because life, doesn't it, has its ups and its downs. And it's good to support one another in prayer. Uh, in one group recently, I heard they reviewed actually 2011 and were asked to write down what's happened significantly in their life during that year, as well as write down some of their wishes, their hopes and dreams for 2012. And one of them said that one of the most significant events for that person uh, of last year was joining the life group itself. That's what it's all about, isn't it? So it's an open invitation to all in the church, especially for those here tonight who aren't involved in one. If you haven't already, then make 2012 the year for you to join a life group. Now, we did a recent survey in St. Paul's, didn't we? Not sure the results have come out publicly. Oh, they, they are at the back, aren't they? I just noticed. Um, 16 people indicated that they'd like to join a life group. So if you're here tonight, make yourself known to me afterwards. I'll be at the back. We'll start the dialogue. Uh, if you're not here, then you won't even know I'm saying this, so it's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> So, um, exciting developments have happened in life groups. Mark's already referred, I think, to Mark and Rachel Bedford's oversight of the young adults group. That's been growing a lot. So that's a really exciting development. That continues to grow. Praise God, because that's a much-needed age group, isn't it, in the church today? Uh, we continue to strate strategically group our life groups into clusters. We have six of those, so they meet um, twice every year so every month of the year there is a cluster meeting so Mark is able to say come along to the cluster this month uh, and that's a great entry point for people to come and uh, meet some other people 
um, you know, 30 or 40 people together. It's a good place for them to come in without feel threatened into a life group straight away, maybe, just to enjoy an evening of fellowship with that number, and then sort of think, well, maybe I would like to join a life group. Um, who are the leaders? Let's have a chat. Clusters are important because they're a place where we can explore our giftings, whether it's worship leading or ministry or, t- or teaching, uh, and that's, that's a good way. Uh, the um, all-member ministry was one of the things that came out of the Hopes and Dreams survey you might remember last year. So that strategically is a good way to develop that. And also it's to widen our friendships, just in case you don't get on with the 12 that you know in the life group. Um, so the entry points are personal invitation. That's the best, isn't it? In a survey recently, they said that 88% of people said the most important and trusted way of hearing a message and believing it is through word of mouth. So the personal invitation is very important. Uh, the welcome desk is always a place on a Sunday for people to come to and uh, indicate they'd like to join one. Welcome is suppers. And of course, as I said, in the cluster. I would love us to go for another 100 people in life groups this year. I think that's a good goal to, to set. And um, if we're serious about growing individually and as a church, then I think that's something which we should take, take on. Wouldn't it be great if we just heard at the end of this year, one of the most significant things I did in 2012 was join a life group. Thanks very much. So Phil and Sue head up that ministry and we'd really... Um, if you are interested in joining one, speak to them. Uh, and if you're in a group, please do invite people on a Sunday. You, you meet people. You know, most people in life respond to an invitation. Come along to mine. Come along be part of it. And uh, draw people in in that way and include uh, people in our groups. Another area for investment this year for all of us as a church family is in the area of welcome. You know, uh, on average... Barry tells me this, so I believe him. On average, we have 10 visitors to this church every week. That's 10 people coming in going, I'm coming to have a look at the church. Now, we haven't quite got our welcome process right. Because we're losing at least two-thirds of those. Now, if they go to another church, that's great. You know, if if they don't fit here and they go somewhere else then thumbs up I think that's a terrific thing but I'm concerned about those who don't who come and try it and then go nowhere and uh, they've given us a go and we've perhaps not caught them in our welcome process Um, uh, and then they fall away from the worshipping community so this year I want to really invest in our welcome process um, I learned this from a guy called Steve Tibbet, um, who uh, I met recently. He leads a church in Catford, and um, he's managed to capture three times as many people by just focusing on his welcome process. This was his uh, description to me. He said, Mark, we have about five visitors each week, so we get about 250 visitors per year. And we realized that we were keeping about 60 of those. So we had lots that were falling away. They were coming to look, and then they were falling away. So we put, we we, we gathered together a welcome team, and we shared vision for welcome in the church. We talked about um, gathering people's details, not in a get connected straight away. 
we were just, uh, as he was telling me this, I emailed Simon Parry during the conversation because we were in the process of going to print on a new welcome card that said Get Connected. And he said, um, he said uh, my creative team, he said, came up with a welcome card that said Get Connected. He said, it's only, only three times in 18 years that I've overridden everybody and said, you're not doing that. And I was thinking, oh... We're just doing that. And I emailed Simon and said, don't go to print yet, Simon. There might be a conversation I need to hear the end of. Um, uh, and he said this. He said, we, we don't come in that strong. He, just, he says, we say, would you like to know a little bit more? Would you like to know a little bit more? And if you'd like to know a little bit more, we'll just introduce you. Someone came two weeks ago here and... Um, I said to her after the service, I said, would you like to know a little bit more? And she said, yeah, all right. So I said, well, I'll just give you a magazine. I said, and then if you, if, you, if you like us and you want to come back, come back again next week, it'd be really nice to see you. And she said, oh, that's really, that's really great. She said, do you want my details? I was thinking, well, I didn't dare ask for that. <laughs> would you like to know a little bit more? We're not jumping down people's throats but we're finding a way of invitation that says come in. Steve Tibbet says of his 250 visitors a year, he's now keeping about 180. So our analysis of ours, and Barry's done this analysis, I haven't, so I believe him. He says, he says we're getting about 10 visitors a week. That's 500 a year. And we're keeping about 70 so we're really losing them. And it might be over-enthusiasm. So we're going to go in the road of, would you like to know a little bit more? And we want to raise a team, a welcome team. I want to, um, no one knows this, and I realise that some of you are on the welcome team, and Joe and Gavorg and others, and I might be treading on some toes. I want to uh, re-envision a whole new welcome team here at St Paul's. And I'm looking for people to come and help us to do this. Just to say to people, would you like to know a little bit more? And get, allow people to journey slowly into where we are. And Steve talked about the golden moment. He said, between 8 to 12 weeks is the golden moment when someone started coming along. And he said, and if those between 8 and 12 weeks, up to 8 weeks they're just visiting. But if between 8 and 12 you don't capture them, and involve them, and invest in them, then you will lose them. But if you can, in that process, capture them in that window, he said, then you can capture them for Christ. And I thought, that made my ears prick up. So, we're going to look to really invest in our welcome process across all the services um, this year. I say all the services, we're also going to be changing the 8 o'clock service. Um, I came to do the 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. I don't do it very often, but I came to do it on Sunday morning to talk to the 8 o'clock congregation about that, but no one came because it was snowy. So I just reminded myself of what we were doing. Actually, I talked to Colin, who was there, one person, and I said to him, Colin, I think we're going to change this service. And he was so lovely. He said, my dear man, he said, we've for years been waiting for you to say that. So, great, okay. So we're going to change the service. And... We've done a traditional Anglican Book of Common Prayer service because we've honoured those who, when this church 
was 20 people strong 22 years ago. It had 20 people on a Sunday. They're some of the guys who kept it open. They're some of the guys who prayed for it. When I told them the pews were going, they wept on me. When I told them they had to pay for the chairs, they cried unfair. But they still paid. Because they believe in this. And every single one of them says, if only this sort of thing were near where my grandchildren are. And they've invested in us. So we've honoured them for many years. But now, now we really have got down to the last few. And we've said, enough's enough now. We really need to change this. And they've gone, that's okay. Well, one of them's gone, that's okay. And he'll persuade the others. So we're, we're, we're going to change it. And from the first Sunday in March, we're going to do an 8 o'clock. And we're going to do a modern service that Barry's going to create. So it's bound to be good. And uh, uh, if it doesn't grow in the next year, I can blame Barry and close it. So we'll, we'll do something all together. But this, that, that we're going to invest in something that's going to be a little bit more modern and quiet and reflective. So if you want a quiet, reflective service, 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, everybody has to be quiet at 8 o'clock in the morning anyway. So that's when we're going to do it. So it's going to be quite good, I think. Um, so we're going to be investing there as well and um, hoping to do some working with them to bring some friends along. Um, this gives us, this all gives us so much opportunity, but it requires all of us to be on board. That's why a meeting like this is really important. It requires you to be on board as well as us. We need you to have the vision for the welcome. 500 visitors per year to this church. We're keeping about 70. We celebrate those 70. But what if we could keep 400? All sorts of things open up then. And uh, we'll uh, look at that as we go throughout the year. But we hope we can re-envision the welcome teams, add new members to those teams. And if you've yet to get into a ministry here at St. Paul's and you're looking for a ministry to get into, there's a big ministry that needs a good, strong team on every week. We'd love you to help us. So build here. Secondly, we want to grow stronger. Um, We want to invest in our training and discipleship so that we really are ascending church. Over the past few years, we've seen quite a lot of ministry launch through this church. Of course, there's Dave and Jenny Watson in Pakistan. They were back with us just a few weeks ago. Jill Bedford in Bangladesh. Henny and Becker in Kenya. Mark and Deborah Lawler in India. JC Daniel and the pastors in India, and, and the list could go on. Many other mission initiatives uh, here in this country. Um, and we also have here in Ealing our very own initiative of the Lounge, who I'm so pleased you guys are here tonight um, uh, and have come along, led by Tom and Marion Houston and Jeremy and Susie Woodham, the team, um, who are doing an incredible work reaching out to a different crowd of people who might not always feel comfortable coming in here, um, but are still very much part of us as a church family. Um, But people people from St. Paul's are now in leadership in different churches and ministries up and down the country and abroad. Um, Mike and Marianne Stewart, Ruth Thompson, Alan and Jan Kilpatrick, Cameron and Caroline Collington, Catherine McBride, Dereth Nicholas Carter, now Dereth Durkin, Tim Sayet, Gabriel Anstis, Will and Angie Cookson, Ern and Becky Heaslip. 
Um, Bob Eckhart went off to lead a church. He's currently taking a break from ministry. But add to that Marcelo and Maria Negro and Keith and Annette Murphy, who begin full-time leadership in other churches this year, and Stu and Lucy Plum, who will begin full-time leadership next year. Um, We have uh, leaders in 13 or 14 churches around the country who are reproducing something of what we've got here. Friends, that, that is not insignificant. That is a significant thing that we are doing, that actually there are 13 or 14 other churches that are now like St. Paul's. And, and what's so, such fun is, they write in, every one of them writes in in different ways, and they say, can you send us your notes on leadership training? Can you send us your notes on this? Can you send us your notes on that? And you go to their churches... And I see logos like ours, I see strap lines like ours, I see literature like ours, and it's all reproduced somewhere else, and someone's launched another church somewhere else, and God's getting the glory. And that comes from the investment that we're all putting here into ensuring that we are ascending church. But I want to encourage us not to stop there, to be big thinkers, and to look to invest in more people who will take up the church leadership call or who will simply be better trained to be kingdom people in the workplace. If, if we can grow Alpha, we can grow family time, we can grow great and small, we can do our welcome process better, we could give ourselves real problems by the end of this year. And that's what we want to do. We want to have problems of overflow. Bless you. We want to have problems of overflow that we can then do something with. And I want, us to, I want to encourage us to think about investing in people who will do this. Um, the certificate offered by New Wine Training is going to have a fresh emphasis. The thing we do on Monday night through the Theological Hub here is going to have a fresh emphasis from this September with some sort of non-accredited course, we hope. Um, it's really too early to say exactly what's going to happen. We'll know more by the end of this month. But Uh, what we have on our doorstep is so hugely valuable. An opportunity for people to invest and get on board with the thing that God is calling us to do. Um, uh, We'll be holding some meetings for those interested in attending courses through the New Wine Training uh, Partnership uh, in the near future. But it will mean some investment by us. Uh, And if we can be responsible for the launch of further leadership of churches... Surely it's got to be worth it that we're launching churches that can do something significant. I I want to try and say this carefully. We're quite a lively church. If you go around, there are quite a a lot of not so lively churches. Now that's not saying anything significant about who they are, but if they're not growing if they're not reaching out, if they're not adding to the kingdom, then they're not doing what they should be doing. They're not fishing. They're the boat in the harbour that ultimately will get wrecked. They might look nice and shiny at the moment, but they're not doing what they should be doing. Now, that is not a judgment on any other individual church, but it's just saying, we have got something precious here. And if we can invest in other people to take what we've got, and you might be one of them, one of you here, you might be sitting here today thinking, do you know, I think God's put it on my heart to be a church leader. 
I think God's put it on my heart to do something outside. We want to talk to you. Because we don't want to keep what we've got here to us here. We want to multiply it out around this country. And that involves investment on our part. Um, and I, 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 if, if you want to go deeper with God than we do on a Sunday or in a life group, then, then maybe what we do on a Monday night at this theological hub is for you. Um, let's be bold and think big and let's see where God might take us with this. So we're to build here and we're to grow stronger. We're to grow stronger so that we're continually sending, continually sending people out. This is, this is what God has called us to do. And thirdly and finally, before I get to my last six points, thirdly and finally, which are very short, we want to support others. You know, one of the things about punching above our weight is that often we as a church, we as a staff on the church, are quite stretched. Over this past year, I've held a series of roundtables with other leaders, trying to help them to grow their church. Um, I'm just pulling together a learning community of 12 church leaders um, who uh, want to spend a day a month with me. We're going to spend a day a month together just looking at what it means to lead a church. Because if I'm honest, I went to a theological college. I know probably the theological colleges have changed now and the likes of someone like Chris who's come out so well trained and so such a gift to us in so many ways. Obviously got a far better training than I did. But, but most of the guys leading church go, I was never trained for this. I've got no idea. And I'm going, well, I've got 22 years of it under my belt. And we've done something. And if you'd like to learn, we could perhaps have a conversation. And so I've got some 12 leaders we're going to gather together and uh, begin having conversations throughout this year. That's come out of the round tables that I've been doing uh, around the country. Um, over this past year, we've pulled together the Men's Days in partnership with New Wine and Christian Vision for Men um, that are now happening around the country and literally attracting thousands of men. We had 650 in Watford. That was such fun. We had 750 in Manchester. We've booked uh, Southampton that will host 1,300. We've booked Bristol that will host 750. And then we, we've got a, hopefully we're booking somewhere in London that will host 1,000. Um, and then we're going up to Manchester to somewhere that will hold 2,000. So we're building on this stuff with the men throughout the year. But, it, but of course, it's, it's, it's work on top of what we do here. That's the thing. You know, it's stuff that's saying... We as a church want to support others. Yeah, I can't tell you what it does to my heart. Some of the guys here in the worship team came with me up to Manchester. And um, I can't tell you what it does when you see 750 men going, yes, to Christ. Yes, I'm going to live my life for Christ. I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to, I'm going to be a good employee or a good boss. I'm going to do everything I can to see God's kingdom come through my life and into the lives of others. Um, over this past year, we've tried to equip and encourage leaders, church leaders in this area, uh, to step up to a bigger vision. Just two weeks ago, I gathered 24 leaders from churches that have, uh, that have got a membership of 500 adults and above. And we thought about how we uh, encourage one another. Three times a year, we bring, many as, bring as, uh, together as many local leaders as we can uh, for worship and teaching and ministry um, uh, uh, using an outside speaker. Now, over the past few months, Lindsay and I have been working 
with um, Alpha UK and um, a series of other churches on a national parenting initiative uh, on behalf of New Wine. And together we're launching on the 18th of March uh, to churches across the nation, asking them to join us in running parenting classes to reach people in the local community. We've got a two-fold launch. We're launching on Mothering Sunday, and we're asking, we're trying to get 5,000 courses going across the country. On, uh, uh, you, you, you see us, we, you know, we turn up on Mothering Sunday, Lynn's and I'll be here Mothering Sunday. On the Saturday, we'll have been speaking in Aberdeen, uh, trying to launch it in Scotland, doing the stuff up there. Um, this week, last weekend, I was down in Eastbourne doing it there. Um, we're trying to get people to uh, uh, launch it first within their churches, run a, run a course within your church, and then secondly, invite the community to come to a uh, course. Uh, there are 48,000 churches in this country. 48,000 churches. If half sign up, and 10 family units come to a parenting course, whether that be single parents or couples, then in one year's time we could have reached a quarter of a million people. If half of those came to Christ, we could have added to the kingdom 125,000 people. Now, I know you can write figures down and make anything up. But I'm trying to say, we're trying to think big. This nation needs it. We're trying to think big as a church uh, together. And this has huge possibility of growing, and we could easily reach a million people within three years. We're working with Care for the Family, HTB, um, and um, another parenting course, and I can't remember. Oh, ours, Family Time. Our parenting. <laughs> I was thinking there's another one, but I can't remember which one it is. It's our one. Uh, uh, three parenting courses, and... and um, uh, we're, 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 we're together heading up something um, that could be quite significant. Uh, it has huge possibility. The thing is this, we as a church can do this sort of thing. We can go for the bigger catch. If we're out fishing, then we're bound to catch some fish. That's not always true of Chris Fox who goes fishing. He comes back having caught nothing, but quite happy. Bizarre. I don't think I'd be happy with that. If you're a fisherman, you're supposed to catch fish. We're Christians. We're supposed to bring people into the kingdom. And we, we as a church, have the pulling power and the influence to go after the big catches. And that's what we're going to do. This next year, we're going after some of the big catches. Uh, We want to, um, uh, if we're doing what God is calling us to do, then the harvest will come in. It might not all come in here, but that's not what it's all about. It's about growing the kingdom across the country. Quite honestly, if we can see people come to Christ and fill every church around here, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Let's just fill them up. But, you know, I think we've got to do what we're called to do. And I hope that in some way God will bless us with some new members and that we'll overflow and find other places to be as a church family. Uh, We want to continue to do this, but it takes a lot of time. And I'd like to give some more of my time 
uh, to this. Uh, and I've approached the PCC and explained this and uh, the wardens. And um, uh, I'd like to spend a little bit more of my time uh, on the road going around helping and encouraging others. New Wine, we work with New Wine, of course, who not quite sure whether I'm St. Paul's or New Wine or both in one. I'm not quite sure how that works. But um, New Wine, I hope, are going to enable us to do this by helping to provide financially for us to support such as provides for Barry or someone like him as a church. So there's always someone alongside me here as a church so that we as a church don't miss out, but we as a church reach out. And we reach out not just for the individual fish. We're going after the big catch. We want to become bugabubba gum shrimp or whoever they were. You know, we, we want to do that. But it's not about, it's not, please hear my heart, it's not about here. It's about the kingdom. It really is about the kingdom. It really is about this nation. It really is about doing something for God that is significant. But it requires buy-in from all of us. And uh, I've just got four very quick points because that's all very well. It's It's all very well to say that we can build here and grow stronger. It's all very well to... Uh, say that we'll go out and support others, but it requires each of us to buy into it. Four things. Number one, it requires finance. Over the last three years, we have flatlined the church budget. We've cut back everywhere we can. We've made do as much as we can. And we've been careful not to ask too much. And you know that because you've been here. And we've not pushed down on that at all because the economic situation is not great, is it, in society? Uh, But the time has come for me to say, guys, I need us to dig a bit deeper. Um, uh, We need to raise our income this year by about £30,000. I know it's a big ask uh, because we really need this to come in through planned giving. We so appreciate one-off gifts throughout the year, but we need planned giving so that we can have planned spending as a church. So I want to say, will you have a look? Will you review your giving? Uh, If you've yet to consider giving a percentage, would you consider doing so? Many of us in the church tithe our salaries. In other words, we give 10% of our income. We take that as the biblical guideline and make to make this church work and to help God's kingdom come in this way. Uh, I don't know. I probably will check one day, but I I think that every staff member does that. We tithe our income. We believe in tithes and offerings. We give a tithe and then we offer as well. Um, And if we could have the income coming in, it would just enable us to do so much more. It will enable us to keep the ship afloat, keep it ship-shaped, and keep us out there fishing, looking for the big catch. If we believe in it, we need to fund it. We need help funding the interns. We need help funding a new kitchen. Uh, For everything that we do here, the fact that we've made do on that little kitchen under the stairs is quite extraordinary, really. And anybody who's done anything here with any catering knows we really do need a new kitchen. And so we're going to put a new kitchen in that side, the creche side. This is going to be closed now in the next couple of weeks. 
and the new creche is going to be opened up. We've opened up up here. I don't know if you've been up to the new offices, but it's all open tonight for you to go up and have a look and see how, what goes on up there. And um, you can all have fun guessing who sits where. You'll know exactly where Simon Parry sits because he's got the biggest computer in the world and it sits on his desk. And the rest of us have plain desks. But uh, you can look up there and you can, you can go out there and see the new crash that's been uh, made. Some of it's still wet paint. I said that earlier. Beware where you touch. Uh, we need to make the church a little bit more secure this year. We didn't expect to have to do that, but we need to put an alarm in here. Uh, it'll cost a few thousand pounds to do that. Uh, we need to protect the stained glass windows at the back. It's, I know it's, it's a nuisance. We don't really want to do that, but we have to do it. There's seven of them. Costs about a thousand pounds a window. It's a lot of money, and we didn't budget it for it. Uh, and we need help doing that sort of thing. We want to find more creative ways of telling people about Christ. Um, we had 42,000 people in 2011 come and not just visit our website, but come into our website. We have downloads each week of our sermons that go all over the world. Quite extraordinary. I mean, you know, a couple of hundred people come in and download it and listen to it somewhere else in the world. We have this other congregation somewhere that listens to us each week. It's quite exciting, really, that that's going on. The, 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 the DVD... Uh, news. I don't know why people watch that, but lots of people watch that. They'll come and see what we're doing. I think that's great. Uh, we had over a, over a million hits in all. Some of those will be computer generated by Google and things like that. But, but a phenom- what it says is there's a phenomenal lot of people looking at us as a church. We've done little investment in that. Our whole website was created and run where we were looking at investing in it and Simon Parry said, I'll have a go at it this weekend. And that's what he produced. And we went, that's pretty good. We won't pay anybody then. We'll just put that up there. But it does need some investment now. And we need, we need help doing that sort of thing. Um, we need you to help us to do that. So firstly, we need finance. Secondly, we need prayer. Um, and, and just to say on the finance thing, I, I am going to be talking about finance um, to the church. I'm going to be talking to us all in uh, March. I'm going to do two weeks. You've got advance warning. That means, that means you still have to come, but I am going to be talking about it in March. Wouldn't it be great if you could sit there and go, I already did that. I've already reviewed mine, and I can come and sit and listen and go, yeah, I agree. And, and we've, put some, we've taken the cheek of putting some finance packs out by the sound desk. Um, and you know, even in, in this room tonight, if we all reviewed our giving, we could reach that target. We really could. And then we can look forward and see what God has got in store uh, for us. Secondly, we need prayer. Uh, we can pray for this and we can pray where we each fit in. For some of you, it might be about choosing to do a theological something and considering some sort of church leadership. For others, it will be about building here so that we can give away to others. The key thing is this. We all have a role to play. We all have the possibility to join in. And I guess I'm calling us to be a prayerful because I believe that God will speak to us through our prayers. He'll speak to you. You don't need me asking you. We just need to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And then let's go and do it. 
And as my friend David Parker said, if you don't hear God saying anything, just do something. And he'll stop you if it's the wrong thing. You know, let's just all do something. Don't think, I don't know where I fit in. I need to wait to find out where I fit. Just do something. Join the welcome team. Help with hospitality. Get involved in youth work. Throw yourself behind the kids' work. Get involved with worship. Get trained up on the sound desk. Get behind the AV desk. Um, Become part of who we are as a church family. Throw yourself into Beesham. Push into Choices Pregnancy Center. Uh, Offer yourself at the soup kitchen. Whatever it might be. But let's do something and that we can say, we're doing this together. We're throwing ourselves behind it to see God's kingdom come uh, this year. Uh, We will, of course, continue to meet on a Wednesday morning each week. And every other month we hold a Saturday prayer breakfast um, kindly at the home of Richard and Julia Sarson. Please do support these. Uh, But also put time aside within your life groups to pray and to pray for us and all that we're doing as a church family. Pray for If you think that we as a church are trying to head up something to within the next two years add 125,000 people to the church nationwide. That's what we're doing. That's what we're involved in. People ask what a vicar does Monday to Friday. What do you do? One day, it's five days invisible, one day incomprehensible. That's what most people think we are. But actually, we work really hard throughout the week to see God's kingdom come. And I, as your pastor, am trying to find another 125,000 people to add to the kingdom within the next 18 months. That's what we're trying to do. I, as your pastor, are trying to lead other leaders to help them to think, let's grow the church. Let's reach out for the kingdom. I, as your pastor, are trying to do all of that. And the staff team that you employ, they're doing the same. They're doing the same. We're all doing it across this nation in different ways. We need you to prayerfully support us in doing that. Um, Together, guys, we have a chance to change things. Let's do it. I'd love you to, thirdly, I'd love you to get behind the training on Monday nights through the New Wine Training Partnership. Help invest in that. Help us to invest in that. Think about joining that. I'd love to think we put another 12 people in there this year from this church. 12 people going, do you know, uh, we 12 are going to do it. We're going to be like a life group doing this and we're going to invest in it and we're going to invest theologically that we think theologically that we're able to be part of the answer uh, to this world's needs uh, through God and finally fourthly your willingness to join the adventure that God is calling us to do will you join us will you invest in the kingdom we can't do this without you We need all of us to play our part in building here, in growing stronger, and in supporting others. What would it take for you to invite someone here? What would it take for you to say to someone, come along with me. Come along. Come along and be part of what we're doing here. What is it about us that we're doing that we need to change to enable you to invite someone. That's why we do the surveys. The results of the survey that you filled in two weeks ago, they're just at the back. We'll get those thrown around the tables in a minute so you can see the results of that. Uh, What was so encouraging about that is we did the survey for the first time last year 
and we've tried to respond to everything that was put on it. And so we did the survey this year, and everything responded. The, every percentage was up. And I thought, we've, we, we, we've heard what you said, and we've responded to it. So you can have a look at that and pass it around the tables and say what you think. And um, of course, we can't always do everything that everybody wants, and we won't always get it right. Um, uh, you know, some people's responses was the St. Paul's news on the DVD is absolutely great. Others, I really don't like the St. Paul's news on the DVD. I prefer it spoken. Do you know why we do it on DVD? It's just to keep it short. All right? It's two, two to two and a half minutes. Do you know when we used to speak? It was sometimes six to seven minutes. Because people get too enthusiastic about things. And they want to tell you about them. And we go, let's put it on DVD and shorten the whole thing down. And then I get more time to preach. That's the answer. So we can, you know, that whole thing. So we won't get everything right that everybody wants. But I think we'll get enough right to see God's kingdom come.